Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Frank McNellis, a school counselor living in Sarasota, Florida. He's also an adjunct professor at Webster University in Tampa, and he's a certified open focus trainer. And uh, Frank is also an avid guitar player. And we're going to be talking today about uh, about Frank's experience with taking Skype Alexander Technique sessions with me. Uh, Frank, welcome to the show. Thank you, Robert. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's funny talking to you without the video, isn't it? Um, um, what um, if someone were to ask you what what the Alexander Technique is, and you only had a half a minute or so to answer, what would you tell them? I would say that the Alexander Technique helps us benefit from being aware of our habitual responses that causes harmful tension and helps us benefit from using thinking and taking responsibility for making conscious choices to help us get out of our own way and respond to stimuli in ways that promote freedom, poise, and ease. Okay. And I know that you um, you had actually had um, Alexander Technique in-person lessons from Corrine Johnson, an Alexander Technique teacher in Florida, Correct. before you had the Skype sessions. Um, I think it might be helpful for our listeners to hear how you, what it is that caused you to be interested in the Alexander Technique in the first place. Well, Robert, you mentioned my guitar playing, and I've been you know, very serious about playing for, for quite a number of years, and even, even more so the last five or six years. But noticed that there were a lot of things getting in the way of what I felt was maybe my optimum performing, my optimum playing, both in performing and practicing. Mm-hmm. Some of those things were concentration, but a lot of them seemed to be you know physical tension I was noticing. And um, that was what prompted me to pursue and, and seek out Corinne, the you know, Alexander teacher I took lessons from. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, she she um, took a break from teaching, and that's when you contacted me, I believe, to that, set, set up correct. some Skype that, sessions. That's right. I'd been taking lessons from her for a little over six months at the time I contacted you, probably about seven or eight months by the time I contacted you. Okay. And um, so from your perspective – what was different and what was the same about Skype sessions and in-person hands-on sessions? Well, the similarities were focusing on principles such as you know the ease, being mobile, being flexible, not being rigid. Certainly, the feeling about you know we you and I had worked on the up with gravity, and certainly the feeling of the lifting. Corinne emphasized that a lot. So the by the time you and I started working, that was kind of a little bit familiar territory for at least to get started on that. And then we, we got into it you know, much more in depth. It, the directions w- were similar. She'd used some of the same types of directions. And, of course, with as much time as I studied with her, I had, I had you know, been pretty, pretty comfortable in using directions. Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I would say differences were that one of the things I found from the beginning taking the Skype lessons was – I th- probably less of an emphasis on doing on my part, and I, and not that, and I, I think that was just something that it had been, I'd been it had been getting better in my in-person lessons, but had been a challenge for me, and maybe trying too hard in delivering the directions. It seemed like 
when I was not doing the the one on one and the in person lessons, I just relied for some reason I just relied less on doing and just gave more of a lighter thought to those directions, and that helped quite a bit. That helped me get into the delivering the directions with with much more effectiveness. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So, uh, w- when you were using directions that you had learned with with Corinne, um, you looking back on it, you might have put a little too much, uh, a, a little hint of effort into using them. Is, is I, that I, that's correct? I understand that's pretty common, and you know, that had gotten better, but I think that had just that had been something I was still trying to work through somewhat. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you find the fact that there was uh, obviously no hands-on guidance with uh, Skype sessions? What what did you find was was good about that, and what was bad about that? What I didn't have that I had always benefited from in the in the hands-on lessons and the in-person lessons was was actually the hands-on. The, you know, I had mentioned earlier the feeling of, of lifting. You know, mm. I would do a, if I, in a lesson. With Corinne, I would do a freedom direction, or I do a direction, and she would, you know, follow through with some of the the hands-on, you know, chest, you know, around that area, so getting my whole chest wall to lift, and the breathing got easier, and that type of thing. And so that was not part of the Skype experience, but what was very unique was that I did probably more self-monitoring when we were doing the Skype lessons. For example, I would do a freedom direction such as my head is free to receive the forces of the earth and would notice and I, and I would take that into a short experiment, 20 or 30 seconds, and would call that direction up a couple times. But I would notice things that I really didn't notice other times, you know, before I started doing the Skype lessons, more subtleties, I think, more subtleties in breathing and in movement that were that were there. I just hadn't really noticed them before. Mm. Is there anything else you want to say about the Skype lessons as compared to in-person lessons? I mean, I think it was, they were very valuable. You know, I think for me the benefit was I had the combination of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly I think it was more productive for me to have had the hands-on before having the Skype lessons. So then when when I would do a direction and you and I would be doing that then being an experiment, I, I – some of the feelings because I would recall the lifting and I think I was aware of that, you know, happening before. So that, that was helpful. I, maybe not necessarily in everybody's case, but for me, I noticed that was a benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing was that doing the Skype lessons in, in my own home, I was commuting about two hours e- each way for the lessons and and that was fine. It kind of gave me a chance to kind of assimilate things after the lesson. But Doing the Skype lessons was interesting. We did them on a Friday evening, and so as soon as lessons were done, were done, I was still in my home environment with the kind of stimulus I was running into and the stimuli I was running into on a daily basis. And so I was able to take the experiments and go right to doing them, you know, not having the teacher there and just just encountering daily life. And I found that to be a unique and a helpful experience as well. Mm-hmm. And what would you say to someone who? Um well, let's take two possible scenarios. There's someone who who does is nowhere near uh, an Alexander teacher. Would you recommend that they explore Skype lessons? Oh, definitely. Definitely would. Uh, I think there would be tremendous benefits in, in doing that. No, absolutely. And how about someone where there are in-person teachers? Can you, can you see any 
advantage in someone also doing some Skype sessions? What would be your take on that? You mean Skype sessions in conjunction with in conjunction with working with a teacher, or person? or either at the same time, or more likely, I suppose, uh, after as you did, or between um, series of in person lessons. I mean, how how would you from your from what you've experienced, if someone is interested in exploring Skype, and there are teachers around. Sure. In person, what would be your suggestion for for someone in that situation? Well, I would suggest I don't know that it would necessarily need to go in any particular order whether to take the in-person lessons first for a certain amount of time. I don't think I'd recommend anything prescriptive like that, but I would say that be very open to the similarities and even the differences. In other words, if you've been working with an in-person a, a teacher in person, you know, face to face for six weeks or three months, and then decided to take Skype lessons, and some things weren't didn't seem at first as being consistent. Be open minded to that, and not being reject anything that might not seem what you've had experience before. In, in the other way around, if you decided to take the Skype lessons first, because it all after time it all integrates and it all is all part of that same experience, and just that would probably be the most important recommendation I would make. Mm-hmm. And is there anything else you want to say about the Alexander Technique in general, Skype lessons, anything that you'd like to uh, say before we come to a close? Well, the Skype lessons, I mentioned the experiments. Those were helpful. We kept them short. They were easy to do during the Skype lessons. Um, I I don't want to even bring up the word distraction, but with the Skype lesson, it just seemed like... It was an opportunity that even though we didn't have that chance to have the the hands-on and to have the teacher, you know, walking next to me, you know, doing the hands-on or whatever, it, it, it eliminated some of those things, but it gave an opportunity to focus more on some other things that I really needed to do, I think, at the time that are helpful. You know, the short experiments, the idea of what was helpful to me and I'm sure to other students too, throwing them away. If I'm, if I give a direction and then start walking Mm -hmm. and throw the direction away and then come back, come right back to it and noticing, you know, what is my habit during the time that I've thrown the direction away? That has, that is very helpful. I would recommend anybody being very open to doing that. And the subtleties, because what I've learned more and more through studying the technique has been that the little things, the subtleties, make make a huge difference and are very powerful. And you're not looking for big movements. You're not looking for these dramatic changes. But but the subtleties are extremely important to pay attention to. Um, well, once again, I, I talked about the opportunity of me focusing on my own thinking and the power of that, and and just just the thought, which has been very helpful to me. Not not that I had to do anything or put any as you describe it as being putting any oomph or extra energy behind the thought, but just thinking it. That helped because I think for myself and and I've heard from other students that your mind sometimes at certain points in lessons starts to race and you start thinking about a lot of things and there could be some frustration that comes up and and then that kind of interferes with the whole process. But just focusing on the thought of the direction helped me tremendously and just to kept kept the awareness on everything going on. I could concentrate on my walking. I can concentrate if I want to feel what are my knees doing, my breathing, all at the same time. And, and those things were very beneficial. 
Okay. Well, I think this might be a, a good place to bring our conversation to an end. Okay. Uh, my guest today has been uh, Frank McNellis, uh, a school counselor in Sarasota, Florida, adjunct professor at Webster University, uh, certified open focus trainer, and a student of the Alexander Technique. Frank, so much. thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Glad to, Robert, and always good to talk to you.